Hello and welcome to this episode of Radio Free HPC. This is where we talk about supercomputing, high-performance computing, and other technology topics. I'm Dan Olds, joined as always by my co-host Henry Newman from Seagate Government Solutions and Shaheen Khan from Orion X. Now let's get to the show. Here we are again with another scintillating episode of Radio Free HPC. I'm Dan Olds, as always. Yes, I am always Dan Olds. Uh, with me, as always, are Henry Newman and Shaheen Khan. How you doing, guys? Hey, good to see you, Dan. Doing well, Dan. And Henry's just sipping on a cup of broth, which is nice. I believe Shaheen and I are on coffee. So let's jump right into it. We don't have a lot of time. Henry, of course, has a hard stop in like eight minutes. So <laughs> typical thing, we do these calls. Henry's got hard stops. Okay. First story, let's talk about this news that came out of GraphCore. They're touting the most complex processor ever at 24 billion, with a B, transistors. Uh, Gene, I think you found this. So what can you tell us? Uh, obviously optimized for AI, 16 nanometer technology, uh, 125 teraflops, although it doesn't say what precision they count it as. So I imagine yeah. it's not full precision for yeah. AI. Uh, 1.6 gigahertz uh, cycle time, and it comes in a form of a PCIe card that runs at about 300 watts, Woo and lots of other, and you can stack eight of them together in a 4U chassis. Uh, so eight times 300, that's about two and a half kilowatts uh, so there's still room in the in the in the rack if you want to put a few of them in a rack uh, there's room but cooling them down that's a whole oh. different story you need to be doing you need to be doing this in Antarctica in the winter <laughs> or I might throw these things in a uh, vat of mineral oil or something yep yeah I, I would like but, but the, but the other there. aspect of it is that this is a VC backed company out of Bristol UK and the last time they raised funds, it was $200 million at a valuation of $1.7 billion. With which an makes it, Or no, with uh, a B. With a B. With a B. With a B. So they are a unicorn. And the article says they're the only Western semiconductor unicorn. And, and they're also. And, and, you know, everybody sounds like some headline from some weekly world news the biggest, baddest, <laughs> the fastest, you know. Most complex processor yeah, ever. Ever. Well, you know, I had one very rare rant about all of this a couple of weeks ago, right? You did. You I, did. And I don't usually rant, but I am a little bit dismayed at all these uh, publications that I respected fully uh, starting to succumb to clickbait. And I know the editors do it. The authors usually don't. Apparently it works. But Technology Review uh, is doing it. Uh, Physics.org is doing it. Uh, IEEE hasn't quite done it so far, but they're starting to kind of look like it. Yeah. And this story is in EE Times, so they're yeah, kind of e crossing Times, that line. Yeah, 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 that yeah. line. Now, uh, before we go too far, though, we have to stop and remind everybody that there is up on the order of 40, 40 such chips and projects being done out there between yes. FPGAs and chips and you know, the survey that Dan, you and I did uh, at this point about a year and a half or so ago, uh, or maybe more, included at the time yeah. what we th what we counted to be something like 25. 35. So, and there 35. Have been, okay. so we've got at least five more. So we have NVIDIA, AMD, Google doing TPUs, IBM does through North, Altera is doing their thing, Mobileye, Teradeep, Xilinx, Wave Computing, Nirvana, Intel doing, you know, with Movidius, they bought uh, mobile, you know, mobile. Um, 
something else. Uh, Intel's uh, got about five or six entries on that list alone. Correct, yeah. They got yeah, graph- IBM's got multiples as well. Exactly. Brainchip, Spinnaker, Iris, Nuran, yeah. uh, New Edge, and on and you know, Fujitsu. On and on. On and on, on and on. So yes, it's a very, very crowded market. And they're they're all looking at the same thing. It's typically AI, uh, either deep learning or inference. And like these guys, they all make claims that they can do something, you know, two, three, sometimes five times faster than GPUs. I think that's how they're getting these funded. If you want to yeah. get the project funded these days, you, you got to say either AI or IoT or Quantum or some other hot, hot buzzword. Sheen, two comments. One, uh, software. You know, there, yeah. there is that minor detail of software. And the second comment I make is, you know, you said that, you know, precision, um, you know, that full per- not full precision. What in the future is full precision, Sheen? Well, that's a good, good, good question. I proposed uh, about a year ago in, on this program that we should have uh, the precision included in the metric. Yes. Uh, so it is, is it, you know, full precision teraflops or 32 or half precision or quarter precision or whatnot? And uh, I propose a solution for full precision that would be much easier for everyone involved. Run it at 32-bit and do it twice. <laughs> <laughs> but or I mean, 16-bit and do it four times. Yeah, but the software, is, in my mind, is the big issue in all of this. Is uh, Yeah, uh, you can have a really fast chip, but if you don't have software that can take advantage of the chip and lay the data out, lay the computation out appropriately... You're pretty much, who cares? <laughs> so they, they talk about a piece of software they've done uh, that takes these uh, uh, frame, the data uh, graph from these frameworks like, uh, you know, TensorFlow and PyTorch. And then there's uh, graph descriptors like, uh, you know, Onyx. And they translate that. I think it's like a compiling and mapping tool that takes that code and maps it into all the different cores that they have. I don't know the technology that does that, but it's equivalent of the quote-unquote compiler but, that you need to take advantage of. And, Shaheen, that's great, and they have it. But, you know, if in my that's experience... That's not in environment. And it's not environment, number one. And number two, it's not a test. It's not been tested at scale. And the amount of, amount of work that's required to test software at scale is equally as difficult for these complex algorithms as hardware at scale and you know test suites and all the other thing this is this is kind of but but you got to remember the following a there's a really tall stack of software these days that runs on the chip and the chip doesn't need to go all the way up it just needs to support a layer or two above itself Number one. Number two, a lot of these codes are new. They haven't been written yet. It's not like you have to go port 200 apps or work with companies that are difficult to deal with. A lot of the software is open source, so you can actually do the porting yourself. And a lot of the customers are like cloud customers that have the wherewithal to actually put serious resources behind it. So you can see that if you're a startup and you land a big cloud provider, you're probably okay. Right. But on and the other Shane, hand, I, I agree. Oh, hold with, on, hold on, oh. hold on. Let me jump in. On the other hand, don't these guys all need some sort of a CUDA-like environment in order to be able to fully use these chips? Not necessarily. I mean, TensorFlow and PyTorch and a lot of other uh, H2O, you know, all of those 
can run. They don't. They don't need necessarily. I mean, they they probably do have a CUDA version, uh, but, but I also he, don't think it takes a whole lot of work to take that and port it to whatever other language. You I have. think you are naive to think that two layers up is that easy. And given what I I've seen for compilers and code generation and errors and end cases on these complex chips, I think that is a. Uh, I think that's very crazy. Yeah, I would say insane. You are insane. I think it's the definition of deranged. Optimistic. Come on, you. But it's a good thing you guys. All right, but we all grew up in the HPC market. If you can, if I can get more performance, there's a lot of pain I'm willing to go through to get it. And look at how many chips have been forwarded as viable solutions to get more performance and how many are there today and we're right. still we're running essentially and we're still running friggin python yeah <laughs> which R, which is R2. the quintessential opposite of performance guys on that well, note it's productivity but uh all right you're insane <laughs> i just want to i want to finish up with shaheen you're insane and you're crazily optimistic you're the guy in a bus going over a cliff saying you know there could be a bunch of mattresses down there <laughs> <laughs> no there are look look dano there are there are 40 odd chips like this you know it's at least 35 if not more clearly not all of them are going to survive and be successful but the fact that there are that many out there says something right it's That's a great the market there's a lot of money behind it there are gaps that can be filled and out of the 35, you know, if two or three of them do it, that's already a very significant disturbing, you know, disruption in the market. I only have one more comment in this abbreviated edition of Radio Free HPC. Shaheen, you're insane. <laughs> On that note, let's go ahead and call it an episode. Let Henry get off to his next vital, vital commitment. And we will talk to you all again soon. Thank all you right. very much. Thank you for listening to this episode of Radio Free HPC. And as a quick note, the views and opinions of Henry Newman are his and do not reflect any policy or position of Seagate Government Solutions or Seagate Technology. Thank you for listening. <laughs>